0: So I wanna say uh, welcome to the closing reception for Love and Isolation. Just a little bit about that. Love and Isolation uh, is the debut exhibition of Art Music Lit Space. Uh, we launched on April 3rd with 22 uh, artists in the exhibition. Uh, the, the exhibition closes on June 7th, Um, tonight is the closing reception. Uh, I'm just going to um, share my screen and uh, go through some images of the artists included in the show, so. That is Forrest Alia, Boris Alenou, Miguel Dresani, Abby Arbach, Philip Brubaker, Emily Clark Kramer, Jody Connolly, Aurora Dalsk, Rachel Dean, Noah Green, Mercy Hawkins, Chris Herman, Katie Holden, Kristen Huff, Brooklyn Johnson, Casey Young, Jacob Lewis, Natalia Lavova, Christina McPhee, Muzi Leroux, Xenia Smith, and Angela Willits. So I just want to thank all the artists included in the exhibition. It wouldn't be anything without you. Uh, Your support of this project is greatly appreciated. And myself, as as well as the uh, co-curators, Joy Miller and Derek Kwan are looking forward to you know, increasing the visibility of art music-led space and making the project uh, grow into the future. So with that, I'm gonna hand it over to uh, two-dimensional, three-dimensional installation, art and curator, Joy Miller, who's gonna introduce our next open call.
1: Hi everyone, thanks so much for being here tonight. I Um, Our next call is for a show called After Before, and time (laughs) time breathes with us, and it is us that AML Space invites work that explores themes related to disjointed time, the essence of events that demarcate eras, the nature of such demarcations, and the complexities intrinsic to the mortal relationship with time. The deadline is June 3rd, which is roughly two weeks from Yesterday, and folks can submit work at info at art-music-lit at art-music-lit.space. And without further ado, we're going to hear first from Forrest Aliyah. Hi,
2: I'm Forrest
3: Aliyah,
2: and um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I am. Um, I am a painter and a soundscape artist um, my, um, practice revolves around how light and sound, um, interact with each other. Um, I read, um, scientific, re- um, or theory about how light and sound inter interact and, um, and there's a theory that was written by John Reed about like how sound and light are always interacting with each other that creates everything. And it works with the um, it works with the elements in the, on the earth, like air and fire and water and, and earth to create forms. So also I'm a synthesizer as where I can hear sound and where I am. Um, to color and color to sound. And so I work with, I paint in my studio and, um, and I get inspiration from nature from painting in my studio. And I then, I look at the colors and the colors, every color that it has a different frequency. Um, so, um, and, and how they move. So I work with color. Um, to see, I like to create my paintings as they are move. they move and, um, but they're standing still since it's a two two dimensional Uh. object. So I'll put colors together that where one color stands out and then another color recedes back. And then I'll put like a middle tone to like, to bring them together and how they like, so they like communicate. And then when I st- I just started doing sound and um and recording and I play with a banjo that I'm, p- I'm gonna play with tonight and I play with a harp and also a singing bowl. <laughs> and um I'm looking forward to buying like a whole range of singing bowls so I can start adding that to, to my recordings. The so I guess I'll just play the, play the song that I wrote and how I'm, um, what um, inspired this song was when um, we all went into um, stay at home shelter or shelter at home or stay in shelter, whatever they call it. And um, there was just like, it was just quiet. You know, I live out in the con- out in the woods, like way out in the woods. And so I went outside and I just sat and I just listened and I just listen to the earth and I like listen to everything that was going on like with like, some sort of frogs and there was crickets and I just wrote a song about how the earth felt, you know, so it's the song from the earth. So I'll just begin.
0: was great for us. Sorry about the technical difficulty.
1: Thank you so much for. That was wonderful. Um, now we're gonna move on. I'm gonna be talking with Kristen Huff for the next several several minutes and I'm gonna introduce her before I converse with her. So Kristen Huff is an artist, educator and curator recently based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. She received her BA from Wesleyan University in English and Studio Art and her MFA from UC Davis, where she was awarded the Provost and Marguerite Mondavi Fellowships. Her work has been exhibited nationally and has been featured in New American Paintings, Friend of the Artist, and Hyperallergic. In addition, she's been an artist in residence at the Vermont Studio Center and the ECF Downtown Arts Center in Los Angeles and recently released a book with National Monument Press. She co-founded an artist-run project space, Outback Art House, and has co-curated exhibitions throughout Los Angeles as well as Car- at Carnation Contemporary in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Kristen.
4: Hello. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. Um, I am going to try sharing my screen at various points so I can just pull up your paintings. Sounds but, good. And, until I can figure that out, I do have lots of questions for you. Awesome. Um, first of all, I'm really curious about the difference between your work with Survivor and your work with Bachelor in Paradise in terms specifically of the way you use subtitles and closed captions because they seem to be doing some really different work in both series.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, The Survivor stuff started more as a reaction to me looking at sort of like uh, manufactured landscapes and, you know, notions of reality in terms of the landscape and all that. And also looking at like the interactions between contestants um, and, you know, sort of like the game of it all. Um, But the Bachelor in Paradise stuff really kind of honed in more specifically on like how women are represented and, you know, women and love and sort of like the commodification of women's emotions, more specifically even. Um, So all of them are, you know, screenshots of women crying. And so the subtitles here really are playing with sort of how, like how the producers drum ties it and you know like that quote that poor little girl she's not doing well i don't know i just like i it was too good not to include i just thought it was so like gross and perfect um and the interesting thing about that quote specifically is that it was like another female contestant who's in a lot of these who said it about her um so it's just sort of this way that it's like becomes this big charade but also like finding moments of like like raw emotion in there and you know playing with when it's real but then also you know there's some where it's like the music notes and some where it says like um dramatic music or laughter and so you just kind of see like the the game of it all um and I liked how with these screenshots I liked including like in this one at the bottom like part one and episode number and so you can't they like in some ways look like other pains in our history, you know, like Liechtenstein or Gogon or whatever, like bright colors, tropical locations, but then you're kind of constantly reminded that it's from TV. Yeah. Well nod to the Kardashians down there.
1: <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about the game of it all?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, I guess, you know, Ever, I feel like people who watch reality TV, you kind of, it's like, obviously there's like some voyeurism and some believing in it. But, you know, whenever you, if you research it, like, you just can't deny that, like, the scenarios are all, like, almost entirely created by the producers. And so I think it's interesting to, like, take these moments and do something like slow and earnest at times like painting when it's sort of this like created environment um so yeah i read this book earlier this year that was all about the behind the scenes of the filming of the bachelor and you know they have to sign contracts that say like we can take exactly what you say and edit it to be the opposite or you know they can just sort of what
1: sorry what that is that's bonkers
4: (laughs) yeah they call it like frankensplicing when they just like you know take (laughs) little bits of text and like create a whole new sentence so sort of just like this I think the act of like falling into the deception is interesting and like I watch it the same way you know you believe it and you sort of follow these people or characters or contestants, however you want to look at them, like paths after the show's over. But then, you know, you kind of like have to remind yourself of like the grand scheme of it. Like there's one story in the book where the showrunner would hand out $100 bills to producers, like when they got people to cry or like have a really messy confession. So it's, it's pretty gross, <laughs> but interesting.
1: Why, I mean, why is it gross? You know, because isn't, I mean, isn't everything manufactured to a certain extent anyway? And
4: Totally. I mean, I guess when I say gross in that sense, like with the money is, it's sort of, it's like manipulating the contestants. Like one producer, you know, they don't necessarily know this is happening. I feel like they, ha- they said they hired one producer that would always like get drunk with them and pretend to be like their buddy to get them to confess stuff and so like the characters kind of undergo the same thing as the viewers where they're like believing in it in the moment and I guess the grossness is the manipulation um and then just the capitalizing on the sadness I guess
1: that's so weird because then it's actually really authentic right like
4: yeah mm-hmm. uh, or
1: they i and i didn't realize that i thought they were very much actors um.
4: i mean i think there are moments where they have to like reshoot something and so like in a sense they sometimes they're acting but um i mean i always think you have to remind yourself that you know they have like no stimulus outside of this like situation that they've been put in and so think it's hard to not convince yourself it's real in some ways and in that way it's sort of like how I think of it as a game too it's like a set of rules that everyone follows um but within following the rules you kind of get lost in it
1: yeah I do you I mean is this what I'm supposed to feel when these when I see these I like have a knee-jerk laugh every like when I just flipped to this one. I almost busted out (laughs) laughing.
4: I mean, that one especially, you know, like I (laughs) made her tears like very over the top and like the bottom girl kind of looks like Disney-y a little bit. Um,
5: For no reason. So
4: I like like, dance between humor and it's like so over the top, but then also like this one is almost, I think one of the sadder ones, even though they just seem so resigned to it. You know, it's not like the big sob. It's just sort of this like quiet, (laughs) (laughs)
1: and then i mean like i think also i I was looking at these a lot a month or so ago and just kind of like going through it and one after the other and then just building on top of each other and i just i mean it's kind of an interesting range of emotions i find from being like this is effing hilarious to like this is painted with so much care and attention to (laughs) how like pathetic and depressing it is. And then kind of like that constant roller coaster.
4: Yeah. I Um, mean, I do think they're funny, though. I feel like I've always I often struggle with like, I find my work really funny and (laughs) other people don't. Uh, (laughs) So It's definitely playing with that. I mean, I guess the one thing I would, I hope it doesn't or one thing I sort of struggle with this work is I've definitely had moments where I'm like oh no is this like the opposite of feminist work you know what I mean like I get worried that it's sort of like me doing the same thing that the show is doing um but I think in like pointing like in the moments that are chosen in the subtitles and like sort of the greater package it becomes commentary on and not just I don't know hopefully
1: yeah, yeah. well I mean I was what how what we what we were talking about the other day in terms of Um, in terms of this being a guilty pleasure and and that I mean there just seems to be such a fine line between this being something that's really fascinating and bizarre and actually like not low but super high and how bizarre and contrived it is Mm -hmm. like a Jeff Koons sculpture or something you know it's just like or sorry or um But then on the other hand, it's still classified as a guilty pleasure.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think, like, I feel like the line between those two things is similar to are you adopting and supporting this, whatever cultural mandates this is pushing, Mm -hmm. or are you commenting on them?
4: Right. Yeah, exactly. sort of... So it's always, like the line I feel like I'm toying with a little. Um, I don't know, I feel like this work in a lot of ways is even though it is like so absurd is actually more honest for me than, you know, like talking about like the guilty pleasure or whatever, or like kind of like succumbing to like a, an authentic interest and painting about it instead of painting about something that like feels more like intellectual in a way. Um,
1: uh-huh, do you, with- So do you think that those are more earnest than your Survivor paintings?
4: Um, I guess maybe I mean, like, the reality TV work in general. Okay. Because I do love Survivor also. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I did this studio visit with um, this photographer that we're going to show, actually, in Vegas soon, hopefully. But um, we were talking about, like, trying to be original in photography or something, and... He said something that like I found like so amazing that I feel like i it's very simple, but I hadn't really thought about. And just like he was talking about being excited to be working on in a way that everybody else is. And instead of that being like a pitfall, it's actually like being part of like a movement is something to be like desired. Um, and I guess that's like in my own way, I feel like I, that's sort of about this work is you know leaning into something that I like that is also just this like massive cultural phenomenon um yeah
1: yeah I mean and doesn't every massive cultural phenomenon need a Kristen Huff <laughs> comment on it uh, or like or to, or to think about it. I mean if no one's painting slow paintings about something that everyone's just like basically drank through a straw overnight on Netflix because it's on reruns or 10 years later and I mean it's I was reading about guilty pleasures after a conversation the other day and kind of um, this one writer was talking about how in France they don't have a distinction between guilty pleasures because culture isn't as hierarchicalized
4: there (laughs) and it's just I mean that seems so hard to believe I don't know maybe it's just like so outside of like the way we look at arts and culture in this country that it's like I can't even really imagine a world where some art forms are given you know like when everything's more democratic I don't know it'd be I'd be interested to talk to a French person about that yeah well in France it did it feel that way
1: I wasn't I mean I was like a young young 20s and not super in touch with this scene at all but it just felt like everything that's cultural is delicious there. Like,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, and that whether it's high or low, there's chocolate croissants and then there's the Louvre and,
4: Mm
1: -hmm. and people eat chocolate croissants outside the Louvre. Right. That's dumb, but, um, but also there's just like no word for guilty pleasure over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it, I do think it's such a weird idea. I don't know, like it's just admitting we're doing something we know we shouldn't be doing, but really it's very okay that we're doing it, right? Like it really is just, the only punishment is cultural capital and people are gonna be like, you're watching VIP season three? Right. (laughs) Like who
4: cares? Totally. Yeah, I mean it's funny to think about the croissant because I feel like a really good croissant is actually like considered very high culture here in some way. We <laughs> capitalize on French things in that way, you know. Yeah,
1: maybe everything's just really high over there, no matter what, because it's
4: French. Yeah,
1: so it doesn't really
4: matter. Um, um, yeah, I mean Survivor actually did start in. Sweden, I think the first season it was called like. Uh, I'm trying to remember the original name, but it had some name with like. Uh, who's that guy that got s- stranded on an island? Oh my god, it's a very famous like book.
1: Robinson Caruso?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think it was okay. called like Island Robinson. It was called something like that, like some name. Um, and they did it once there and then it got. Uh, Someone picked it up in America one year later in like in 2000. Um, but yeah, it's funny like when these shows actually do get pulled from Europe because I feel like they have such like an American identity, um, but the, you know the impetus for them is sort of stolen in a way.
1: I, I think I'm gonna have to watch one of these before it ever came over here because I have no way of conceiving. A reality tv show outside of american mm-hmm. cultural obsessions.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've seen some there's been some bachelor shows where they have people from other countries bachelor like all together. Um and that's kind of when you see that it kind of makes them all seem the same, you know, cuz they're like reality TV stars that are like hams for the camera a little bit, um, <laughs> but it really, it just feels very equalizing when, you know, like the the borders become sort of unimportant, but yeah, I haven't watched a whole season. I keep Terrace House is on my list of shows to watch. Terrace House? Yes, it's, um, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but I think it's on Netflix. Huh. It is from, um, yeah, it's a Japanese reality show where they all live in a house together. But I've heard that, like, a lot less happens. Like, they kind of, it's more, like, actually just living. I don't know if that's true, though. I'll have to watch it.
1: (laughs) So so will I. I'm... I'm okay. definitely more curious about reality TV than I ever have been since looking at your paintings.
4: <laughs> are you, so are you writing any letters to celebrities? Any reality TV stars?
1: Um, Maybe. I haven't. Not yet. I'm not fully deep in reality TV enough to start a letter <laughs> to a reality TV star, but I'm going to go ahead and say we should probably end our conversation right about now.
4: All right. Well, thanks for chatting.
1: Yeah. Let's carry it on in other formats later, though. Definitely. And next, we have Eden Gray introducing her own work.
5: can you hear me now okay hey everybody Um, I'm Eden Gray I'm uh, much different uh, now for something completely different (laughs) Um, I'm just finishing up my PhD right now in music composition from Royal Holloway in London and I was there for about four years actually spent some time in paris too so yeah it is really funny how the people just walk around with baguettes like (laughs) but anyways um I, i really focus on my research um to learn as much as i can about this instrument which is a hybrid of digital and analog components then you kind of build it yourself uh based on what you're interested in and how you want your sound to to come out or mine in my case i'm very experiment um, experimental so i just try out different things and then see what happens and the the instrument has a life i feel like it has a life of its own that i give to it by bringing it here and then it kind of like me and it interact together and the reason i love it so much um i mean i played other Uh, When I was a teenager, I played piano songs like goth pop. I was really gothic and I was playing a lot of love songs and, you know, and so when I played this, it just uh, makes me think of nothing. Like I was studying some Buddhism for a while uh, when I started working with digital synthesizers. And uh, when I started with this or when I first saw this, in 2013, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this machine has so much character. And um, so now I've dedicated a whole bunch of time to researching it and making it to be something really special. So, let me turn on my audio so we can play it.
0: Uh... Should be able to hear the
5: synthesizer now. introduction to what the synthesizer can do Uh, well mine anyways experimental sounds uh, a lot of soundscaping uh, but it you know it can create any type of music you want depending on the components you have Um, but did you have any questions about it or anything
0: yeah um, I'm curious about uh, you said this was a combination of analog and digital components. Um,
3: yeah, how does so, that work?
5: so, you know, when you heard the kind of chord melody, um, that's coming from this module and this one is digital. So the sound you can hear coming out of it is digital and then other ones like the filter has analog components. So, um, and say, for example, this oscillator here is analog. So then, uh, it creates a really nice combination of both. Uh, there's a balance kind of between them, uh, with the quality of the sound mixing together. Um, yeah, I think.
0: And when you, you, when you want to record, does it, it records digitally? Is there an analog output for the device to tape or does it all go to like, uh, MP3 or WAV files?
5: no the the two mixers are here, then the output goes to record um there's nothing here that I record on, but you know I mean inside it doesn't record inside. I always record it to a computer yeah mm-hmm. but from straight from here from the two mixers, and I mix all the sounds together uh it has about five or six sound sources um yeah, and then lots of processing inside. Uh, yeah. It's called a modular synthesizer, so everything modulates together. And then the VCA's control timings. There's a lot of timing controls. Like I tried to show how I do it really slow to get the meditative feel, and then speed it up to change your kind of state of listening.
0: That was awesome. Uh- did you want to plug any recent uh, album releases or anything?
5: Well, that was my my newest song um, I made, which it takes me a long time to make things complete them. Um, but my newest music is on my Bandcamp page, which is Uh And my newest song is, uh, I kind of do something that's like an experimental techno kind of trip hop uh, something trying to be, you know, almost club worthy, but not really. So, <laughs> cause like, I'm not a DJ, but I want the DJ to play my music. So, um, my newest song is called Battery Cake from Marcel. Um, and then I've also just started a podcast because of the isolation, um, you know, lockdown or whatever. I started a podcast for my, I run, uh, events based on the research of this instrument called CV Freaks, which is F-R-E-Q-S. And I have a YouTube channel for all the CV Freaks podcasts. I'm recording one every week. So I'm starting my, my fourth episode, is this weekend. So I would love if any of you guys want to subscribe and, and if you're interested in the instrument, of course. Yeah.
0: Great. Thank you, Eden. That was awesome.
5: It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, really glad to be part of it
0: so um i'd like to uh change directions now and we're gonna have uh brooklyn johnson uh she's going to talk about her work a little bit and she has a performance for us so i'll hand it over to brooklyn
6: thank you tavares and thanks everybody who's Joined us tonight, and it's exciting to have you here. Um, so, I am a painter and a multidisciplinary artist, and I work in a few different mediums, but um, I treat my experience in the studio as though I'm accessing the location of the subconscious. And to me, that place exists as a sort of sleeping brain underworld where memory and the more free associative parts of the mind can go wild or crazy. Um, So when I paint, I begin with the idea of externalizing this place. Um, So working in paint and performance and installation and sculpture uh, allows me to look at painting as a multi dimensional practice in itself. Um, I make flat landscapes, and then I also consider the elements of painting and the principles of painting as far as um, like color and texture and composition go. Um, I consider those as I'm building spaces that I can like walk around and into. Um, And both manifestations in my mind rely on a perimeter to define the scope of the space, whether it be, you know, the page or the canvas or the visual cohesion of the elements in an installation. And um, I like to think of the shapes and forms in both as uh, pieces in a game uh, that are kind of moving and bending according to the laws of the world that they inhabit, Um, kind of like chess pieces on a grid or actors on a stage. And tonight's performance is um, pulling aesthetics from both uh, board game and stages. And I'm hoping to incorporate elements of both to create a sort of landscape painting that's three dimensional and involves me moving it around as it's being made. They'll start with one image and end with another. Um, And it's definitely sprung from from quarantine. So keep that in mind.
0: Brooklyn that was great nice to see uh, this come to life before (laughs) before us that's awesome
6: thank you thanks for the opportunity for us thank you for sharing (laughs)
0: so uh, does anyone want to address Brooklyn or have any questions, feel free to, you know, unmute yourself and ask something about the performance.
7: Can you tell us more about the small objects?
6: The small objects, which ones? (laughs) (laughs)
7: Like the not the flower kind of tall ones, but the like all the little things you put out on the squares and the, the dark Yeah. It looks like a nest egg seed, maybe. I
6: don't, I, I don't know how well you guys can see it on the screen. I hope it was angled properly when I did that whole thing. That um, but the small objects are flowers and plants that I stole from outside and put onto dirt, most of them. So, yeah. They're so beautiful. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think it's very interesting. It has kind of like a a weird kind of super interesting uh, combination of like being spacey, but then also being natural. Like there's flowers, but there's this kind of like silver dome, you know, so uh, kind of like is bringing together both of these elements of like. Otherworldly and then terrestrial, which I think is cool, and then to have to have you know this this arm come come out of the dome and you know quietly, <laughs> gently you know uh, engage with these objects on the outside is, is a really nice uh, metaphor for you know uh, you know just life I guess in general, but very
6: cool. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I feel like in my work it's important to, uh, I want things to feel recognizable and familiar in a way, but also to feel like they've been distorted or pushed to step beyond that. And so I think combining those two felt like an intentional, important choice. Um, And then something that you brought up that I also think is interesting, I've been reading this book called The Ecological Thought that actually Hyde recommended at UC Davis, um, it's kind of about, it's like this new I, way of looking at ecology or environmentalism, where we're kind of incorporating, like looking at human, humanity and what humans have made of the earth, you know, as like its own part of nature, not separate from nature. And I've been thinking about that because I get really stressed about garbage and plastic and waste and, but like thinking about those things as part of our ecology as well. So I think combining like the chrome with the plants and the soil um, felt maybe like an extension of me reading that book (laughs) and internalizing (laughs) that way of thinking,
3: so yeah.
0: Great, so wonderful. Um, With that, thank you, Brooklyn. We're going to um, head over to uh, co-curator Derek Kwan, who's going to introduce our next uh, guest artist, Sophie.
8: So I met uh, Sophie Yuditskaya. Uh, Well, she's a media artist, uh, basically all the media's, wrangler of uh, noise and lasers. And um, I met her uh, in 2016 at this uh, Pure Data, Uh, convention, which is basically this open source visual programming uh, language used for creating music, uh, creating uh, installations, creating uh, visual art. And she did this awesome performance involving uh, lasers and noise. And then uh, I went to this uh, art and technology uh, uh, commune uh, called Brahmin AI. And I was down at Bombay Beach, and it's like in the middle of a Colorado desert, I think, and it's um like basically out in the middle of nowhere, and it's like half like mobile park home, ha- mo- mobile park, mobile home park, and uh, half like art installation. And uh, lo and behold, uh, I got to meet uh Sophie there again, and uh, I got to work with her finally in projects and that's probably been one of the highlight so uh, this year so far and um, she uh, we got so she'll mention the stuff we worked on together and um, also uh, she did this uh, talk about noise over there and it wasn't just like really a talk it was like a talk slash performance with like this sphere in the background of like this light tunnel and it slowly got more and more intense and like um well I I think that like shows like what I pre like it some it exemplifies what I appreciate about her work. It's like taking all these like elements together and like music, like visuals, poetry and making it into this uh uh like immersive, like often visceral whole. And with that, uh, here's Sophie.
3: Well, thanks,
7: Derek. That's such a nice intro. Um, so I, yeah, thanks you guys for having me. It was so nice to see get to watch all of your work. Um, before going because I just got to sit back and relax and watch for a long time. And that was really, really cool. Um, it's a very strange world we live in now. Um, when we did the tech run for this, um, and we were uh, talking about reality TV, and we did it again. This time, um, I can't help but feel like this is like this is reality TV because we experience each other on screens now. Um but it's very different at the same time. Reality TV, no profit. Um, so with that kind of feeling, um, we were talking about presentations, so I actually, um, it's a virus virus, uh, keyed me into the fact that Keynote works really well, it seems, so I kind of went a little crazy with it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to show you guys my Keynote now. Okay, let's see if it works. Hmm, hmm, frozen, like this, is still me,
3: hmm, oh, yeah,
7: art presentation. <laughs> um, so, uh, I work with a lot of And so it's really nice to come into your community and see what you do. Um, And so I thought I'd show you guys a little bit of my community. Um, So the first slide is um, this machine. I built um, three magic circles for uh, my band uh, and Coven, which is held with uh, Meg Shadell and Jess Rowland. And that is amazing noise musicians from the West Coast. Uh, we also share a studio together. So um, I'll show you guys a little bit of what that sounds like. Uh, so this is just the tech stuff. And our performances. So I'll just play this one again for the sound. so that's the form my music, uh, my, my art usually comes in, but it also comes in the form of text. Um, so I don't know how we got on this topic, but um, Tavares and Derek were talking to me about um, poetry, somehow we've just got onto it. So, um, so there will be some speech today. Um, and I wanted to show you guys um, some books. Um, so I'm here with my really good friend and collaborator Ria Rajan and we, we're at this residency with Derek um, in Bombay Beach. And um, a lot of people went home for the quarantine, but uh, Rio lives in India, which shed its borders. And um, I live in New York, which is under lockdown. So we are still here at the residency in the middle of the desert, uh, which is really, really weird and funny. And I don't, I don't even know, life is just so bizarre. I live in a trailer in the desert now <laughs> at an art residency. Um, and so this is the kind of, um, books that we make and there's, there's going to be some beats. So. <laughs> yes. So they have instructions to performances in them, um, but also uh, if you saw the QR codes, you could put your phone over it and it'll take you to a playlist um, so you can get sound. And then this one, um, it works with a camera above it and a projector that recognizes some of the pages and plays sound um, and video. Oh, and I should say, everything you've seen so far was made in pure data, Um, and the video in this book was made with uh, something called Smalltalk, which is like a really old school computer language. I can't really tell you much about it. (laughs) And the last piece, um, this one notably has no sound, but it um, was uh it was put up um right after the women's march um when trump got elected like somehow this this still had clearance um to be on the mall it was a amazing um festival called catharsis and um we got to put up this giant kind of billboard and it was interactive so people could go and stand in front of it and you know stand up to and, and be present there, tall, um, in front of the monument. Uh, and so this is just video. But And finally, the piece that we made with Derek out here in Bombay Beach, and you can see a little bit of Bombay Beach. Um, it's a machine learning karaoke piece. So people, uh, the other artists that were here would give us titles that they made up, and we would use those titles to generate uh, sound, and the lyrics and the lights um, that you see around this structure. And um, the sound is all Derek uh, and well, the music. And then um, Sofia-san, uh, who generated the lyrics, um, is also uh, singing. So you'll get to hear her sing. And it's uh, it was kind of this like experiment on ourselves. So we, we threw ourselves into the machine's idea of like music and like forced ourselves to perform it. So it gives you these like really weird feelings um, that are unique to everyone. It's a very personal experience, but it's, um, yeah, it's really enveloping. Like it's not your intellectual, like thinking about machine learning and its implications, but it's like, you know, you have to perform it. And and so it comes out in in really funny ways. Wow, the colors.
3: Catch catch the the i get got off on colors. <laughs>
2: catch, catch the truck. Traffic
4: light.
3: Traffic light. Oh, sleeping in the sun. Baby. Baby. Oh, oh. Run. Running. Run. Running. Sleeping in the sun. You can
7: hear it's, uh, it's something. <laughs> um, OK, so now I will try to do a performance for you. Yes, I built the <laughs> um using Keynote. Let's see how this goes. Um, so the visuals are by vaporstack um, He's uh, also an artist that's from New York that's still living at this residency. Um, and he's also my boyfriend. So there's, there's that.
3: Um, and.
7: I have flown over America in the middle of the night, eight endless sprawls of cities. Left, left, left behind the all-right. Like slime mold and their scintillating networks, they have succumbed to the voids between long stretches of darkness. Lakes of fire connected by highways burn until the sun obscures them again. Circling around my destination, a swarm of planes over a central soar, Trapped in the dream of flight The children of the gods Have made a burning bubble Of their home From here to there Sound waves roll and spill As they will, as they will as they will. Obey my will. Obey your will, if you want it to. How do you blame the will of man, Mother Nature? He says, I don't want to come home for dinner. He says, Mother Nature, I will have none of your pacing, ill-placed solicitations, and you can not take that trash outside, and I hope, because faith, because love, because will, these waves of electron ocean swells be crawled out and crisscrossed, doublecrossed the streams of construct and creation. Please be sure to hit R as in Roger between turns, it resets the game. One day, I was walking through the woods, backwards. And as I looked up past the leaves and branches, I noticed a flock of birds. There was a wall of birds at the front. And behind each row of birds, there was an increasingly smaller row until at the very end, there was a single bird flying alone at the back. And I thought to myself, how strange for this time of year. Let me tell you how to tell stories. How to weave a tale. The legend of Scheherazade is watered down. They say she was spinning the yarn of fate to keep the chance of an unkind from murdering her. It's too trite. The art of the tale is seeing the other, the ultimate other man. And tell him something, something he wants to hear, something real, something he can really believe in, or be enchanted by, something enticing. The affairs of women are about creation and destruction, life, madness, love, death, hedonism sympathy. The present presents... Prep for your participatory pleasure. A puzzle. A puzzle to solve. The puzzle of the present. Gifted to you by right this moment. Hear, hear, hear what she says putting up everything around her like she owns the goddamn place. No matter how hard I try to close my ears, snippets of the tale she's been seep through, worrying and spinning up towards the future past, perfect, frozen, and forgotten time. I have spent all my effort of pulling focus on the present. She seems to be always slipping to the future past. So fast, swirled and burning drags of time, Whirling turns worry, falling back on better days. The present has some infuriating ways of showing me she loves me. But the key to a good relationship is patience and tranquility. How to be happy, I want to know. How to sit back and let it all go. Relax those cramps around your shoulders. From years and years of bending over For those who thought could tell you so How to be happy, I wanna know To float through time without a care That dream of so, so long ago Maybe I will get there still By scratch of nail and iron will Through hunger and with no remorse I'll get there if I stay the course A happy place Where I could stay, I'll see you there, today, today, today.
3: <laughs>
8: awesome. You <Cool>. know everyone. <laughs> Amazing.
3: <laughs>
0: does um? See. So does does anyone want to ask uh, uh, Sophie any questions? Uh, Well, thank you, Sophie, that was great.
7: Thank you guys. Thank you for, like, the impetus to make this. It's, it's nice to have something to do right now. Oh my God. <laughs>
3: thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, before we go, I want to um, bring back Forrest. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty earlier. seems it's been uh, fixed. So I wanna have, uh, give Forrest uh, an opportunity to represent uh, a work for us. So with that, uh, Forrest. I
2: gotta share the screen again, see if it works.
3: It works.
2: Is that on that full screen? Does it look good.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, this
2: is a piece that I did a long time ago, but it sort of pertains to what's really happening right now with like the planet and everything. It's about how like um it's um it was a really big piece. This was like a, a huge mural that was um it was six feet by fifty three feet. And it was um called trees speak. And it was it showed like a toxic sunset of, of all the fires that happened in California. I think it was two years ago, I guess when, well, Paradise um, burnt down. And so I only live like maybe like 45 minutes away from Paradise. So I took a picture of a, um, the toxic sunset over a ridge where I drive every day on the way to my studio. And I um, just, this was the, and I took the palette from that. And then I um, do a grid. And this is the bottom of the painting and where it's the, how the trees speak. Like trees, like in Oregon, they could be saying something like what the weather is like, or um, if there's like some bugs pests like flying through, or or, and then they can let California trees hear it by this mitochondrial um, fungus network that's under the ground that feeds the trees, and that's what this um, this architectural grid drawing is: is the trees communicating under the earth. So I also I did like a there was a 20-minute 20 performance, 23 minute performance. So this is just one song that I wrote from that I wrote for it. And during the the I usually have this banjo like hooked up to like three guitar pedals. But there's absolutely no way I can do that in my house because it will vibrate and probably break some windows. <laughs> and like really hurt my dog's ears. So this is just the acoustic part that I wrote. Playing it acoustically. All right, here I go.
0: That was great. I like how there's an interesting connection between uh, the visual art and the sound art, and uh, there seemed to be some uh, kind of haunting, um, haunting connection between the, uh, you know, the, the tonalities in the paintings and the you know, the, the chordal tones in, in the music, and I think it's great. Um, and, and it's very interesting to hear about the synesthesia and about uh, how that is affecting uh, your practice with um, visual art and sound art. So thank you, Forrest.
2: You're welcome. Yeah, This is like a complete work in process, I think. I think it's gonna be like my life work of putting sound and light together. Mm-hmm. And how they were and how they interact. is really it's a it's interesting because you find just I don't know, it's just like it widens my perspective of the world. Yeah.
0: Thank you. You're
5: welcome.
0: Okay.
3: Uh let's see. There you go. Okay,
0: uh, everyone, I want to thank you for uh, participating in tonight's closing reception. We had some wonderful uh, performances, some stimulating conversation. Um, thank you for, you know, spending this time with us. You could be doing anything you know, at home, not at home, who knows. Uh, I think things are starting to open up as far as stay-at-home orders and uh, quarantine is concerned. But uh, for for this hour and a half, uh, thank you for uh, spending it with us. So hope you had a good night. Um, With that, if anyone wants to address Anyone who's still here or any other work that you saw, um, feel free. I think we can all unmute our microphones now and we could have a a brief chat. Thanks.
5: Thanks, cheers guys, nice to meet all of you. I have a question for you,
2: Eden. Sure. And when you move those cords, like you, like all those cords that are on your instrument or your machine, do they when you're playing? Yeah, when you're playing, do they make sounds or do you? Are they? I don't really under
5: I don't understand how. No, they... no. So you plug them in to make connection. So it's called patching. It's called patching a modular synthesizer. So when you plug one thing in, it's from an input to, and then you plug the other side of the cable into an output. And then it it creates a very complex network of of the signals, um, input to output, yeah, as cables. Uh, I mean, these are eighth-inch mono cables, and they have to be plugged in, (laughs) too. Okay,
2: so would it make a sound, like, a different sound if you plugged it right there, or you plugged it in a different spot
5: over here? Yeah, okay. Everything does different things. They all have different functions. Wow. It's really amazing. What you can yeah, revisit. that amazing. Yeah, it's always sounds different. I can, I mean, I could play it forever.
2: Do you forget the songs that you write sometimes and you just go like, just i Uh I'm,
5: I'm completely improvising almost all the time. And it always sounds amazing, so...
0: i i can agree with that like i've been uh (laughs) listening to eden's work for a while and i just love it you know it's like very groovy very kind of chunky synth beats and um interesting you know music that you know really can't be notated with western music notation so uh, i think like um it's very, very much a part of not only the current uh, idea of what music is, but what music is going to be, uh, you know, into the future. And uh, thank you for joining us and sharing sharing this work. Thank you to everyone who who uh, performed tonight and shared their practices, talked about their work. Very awesome. Humble to be working with you all. It's really cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: thank you, everyone. It was a thank wonderful evening.
6: You art music with space.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Okay, I hope everyone has a good night. And with that, we will say good night.
1: Good night, everyone. Good night. Adieu.
5: Night. Night. Night